We're going to cover the last position, right field. We'll get into Oscar Gonzalez. Do you know who was second on this team in right field uh, appearances? I'll let you know. We'll talk about some names they could acquire. And we have a player changing agents that we will get into on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I am one of your co-hosts here, Jeff Ellis, former scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. Justin, let them know who you are. Yes, I am Justin Latta, and uh, you can find my writing at GuardiansBaseballInsider.com and the News Herald, the Morning Journal, and Prospects Live, and previously at lots of other Cleveland baseball blogs that are still wonderfully kept and good to read, if you know where those exist. Awesome. Uh, sorry, I got distracted there for half a second. So let's talk about the breaking news of the day. I actually saw it through you, so why don't you let people know? Uh, I just happened to be, well, this is a, a friend tipped me off, actually. He saw it on Instagram first, but then I saw it on Instagram after he, he tipped me off. So Gavin Williams, uh, I don't know who he was represented by before, but it looks like he is now a member of the Boris Corporation, which you know is obviously Scott Boris's uh, business agent, so... Guardians 2021 first round pick is now represented by the Boris Corp. And we had some interesting conversations about um, Cleveland and Scott Boris clients. Obviously, um, an agent that doesn't have a lot of guys signing extensions or staying with their original team likes to get his guys to free agency. I don't know if it's worth even going down that road to talk about the impact of that right now because Gavin Williams has to make his major league debut. Um, so who knows? Anything can happen, and pitching prospects are different. I don't know what pitching clients Boris has had in the past. Like I know he's had like Scherzer, and um, I'm trying to think who else he's had. But he's had obviously had some good ones because Boris has a lot of great baseball clients. But uh, the history between Cleveland and Scott Boris is probably not great. They don't deal with him a lot, and when they do, it hasn't always been favorable to Cleveland from what we've done research wise. Yeah, I went to look things up beforehand. It's like I typed Boris and Cleveland Guardians, and I got a 2010 article from Cleveland.com about how he's visiting his clients, uh, Sandy Alomar, and then uh, Shinchu Chu, who, of course, the Guardians trade in his fifth year, Matt Laporta, where it didn't work out, and LeVon Washington. That was a blast from the past. And then we went to look things up about how Boris helped actually two free agents come to Cleveland, maybe Cleveland's biggest free agent class of my lifetime, Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne. Uh, and... Part of the reason that that happened was honestly because Cleveland had a protected first round pick. Those guys born in particular was on the market for a very long time and it was hard to find an exact match that makes sense. And Cleveland was just kind of sitting there and eventually, you know, they, they did sign born It cost them, I believe their second round pick and their, um, their comp pick because their first round pick was protected. So then they had a third rounder, which came dice time. Um, fourth rounder was, um, Kyle, the lefty from UVA, and we Rocket. all know the history of uh, UVA guys flaming out. So it was it was not. He moved through the minors quickly and then was done. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I what I think the eleventh round was Adam Plutko. I think that's the second most successful player 
uh, from that class top of my head, though. I'm probably missing someone on day three ended up being pretty decent. But yeah, Boris, like, here's the thing. Uh, and at the end of the day, it just means if Williams becomes what we think he is, he's five and done. Like, he's traded. That's all it means. Like, it, we can debate. Doesn't, you know, I, I kind of, I, I tweet for hyperbole and for humor. And I'm like, well, you know, and we, maybe that makes him the most tradable arm. It's a joke from the degree of this, just for anyone who gets mad at me because that tweet, he's the most, th- this doesn't make him the most tradable arm. If you look at ceiling and you look at health histories, that is why I kind of put that analysis. But I think that's, you know, uh, it is something that gets into put into consideration. I mean, I've heard enough teams that avoid specifically clients of his that it, it does register some consideration for teams. But I, I mean, at this point in time, who knows if he'll art, his arm will even hold up. Like who knows? He had a lot of injury histories in college. Injury history in college. It was one of the reasons he fell on draft day, in spite of his stuff. So, who's to say what's going to happen? There's a big gap between Double A and the majors. Uh, this could be much ado about nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's just notable from the, the standpoint that Scott Boris is the most <clears throat> prominent agent in, in Major League Baseball, and you know his whole hyperboles and his vocabulary and. I'm guessing he has a great speechwriter with all of his an- an- analogies that he's good at throwing out there. So you hear a lot about Scott Boris. So this is really not much to to think about now. It's more of a future thing. Uh, we'll see. I mean, like you said, a, a number of things could happen to Williams. He had a great first season. There's still a path to go there. I mean, there's definitely a world where he's major league ready in 2023, but there's also a world where, you know, he's not. So the outcomes are, are still big there. I don't think he's any more tradable today or any less tradable today than he was yesterday when we didn't know this news. I think everything is dependent on the return. Um, certainly this early in his career, Cleveland's not going to make a decision on who they're going to trade based on who wh- whose agent they are. Cause they don't know what's going to happen five years from now. They, you know, any, a lot of, we might not even be here five years from now. None of this may, may matter. We're talking about this. Uh, but yeah, the, his, the history is interesting. Like you go all the way back to, what, man, I think Manny Ramirez was a Scott Boris client. I believe so. Uh, but, you know, even it was a very different time. But I, Manny also was one of the guys that signed an extension, a, a pre-arb extension back in the day when those were new and hot. Um, but obviously that was a very different time. And I don't even know. Maybe maybe he, maybe he Manny Ramirez switched to Boris later in his career. And you even saw Nick Swisher didn't switch to Scott Boris until right before he signed with Cleveland. And those were unique circumstances as well. Uh, with Bourne and Swisher, so I wouldn't look that into that too much. And you know, a lot of things could have happened with with Sin Su Chu. I mean, there was no guarantee what he was going to look like in his um, in his throughout his career. I mean, he never signed an extension, but he had a lot of ups and downs. You know, he had Tommy John, he had some other injuries as well, and had some. I mean, he was a good player, but um, yeah, a range of things could happen, especially with pitching prospects. And you know, in, in five, like you said, in five years from now, if Gavin Williams becomes who people think he can become, then yeah, they probably will end up moving him. And I'm I'm sure if he's here and he makes his debut here, I'm sure there will not be a pre-arb extension. But uh, no. I don't think he's yeah. ever done one. I don't think Boris has done one in the last 10 years. Unless, yeah, in the last 10 years. I was going to say, unless he was Manny Ramirez's agent way back in the early 90s, which I really have no idea. But I do know Manny was one of the one of the pre-arb guys they dealt, they signed back yeah. then. But that was such a new concept. I mean, nobody could have seen that coming. Um, so yeah, I, I would just bet against that and yeah, see what, see what happens in the next, uh, 
six years with Gavin Williams before this really becomes, or maybe the next three years. I don't know if he hits R one and he ends up being as good as people think he can be, or even close to it, then yeah, you might as well just say that. Okay. Well, that's that. We'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of years. And get what you he get didn't touch the Boris until 2008. So well after. Hmm. Okay. I don't well know why after. I thought he was his agent when he left for Boston, but yeah. okay. Well, there you go. That didn't. So yeah. Didn't... Uh, long short of it with Williams, uh, electric talent, electric arm, could be you know an ace type of pitcher does have that like i said there was an injury history that scared people some teams off completely from what i was told on draft day that some of the stuff in college um it's not like the espino level of concern but there was that and uh i think he's gonna be great uh, listen it, for me the top three prospects in this system are those top three arms in some order uh from there you know uh, we can debate it all but uh you know it, does it move things? No, but it definitely means you can already forget about an extension. Let's just say that uh, if he becomes, you know, the the greatest pitcher in franchise history, it's five and done. Like uh, that's that's just what it is. It doesn't matter what happens. Uh, Boris is going to go open market, and he's going to get the biggest deal. And that's you know, I can't fault anyone for making their living. Uh, speaking of trying to make a living, it seems like the perfect time to talk about one of our sponsors who want to help you protect. The living you make. Those are our good friends over at Simply Safe. I'm going to spell it out for you just in case because it is a little funny in spelling. S I M P L I S A F E. That is Simply Safe. Uh, I, I I feel like I shouldn't mention the U.S. News and World Report thing because I mention every time like this could become a drinking game for this, but I do. I used that when I bought my my uh, my Ford Fusion. I went and did all the research for the best midsize car. I went and did that when I do anything. I like to be research heavy. This podcast should not surprise you of that with uh, how much I like to dig into things. But when U.S. News says that, when Simply Safe advertises on every single podcast, uh, I was talking with Lindsay in the chat. Lindsay has used Simply Safe for three years, he said. It's in his house. It's what he uses to protect himself. It's a solid system. Uh, you know, people I know and trust love Simply Safe. And if you are looking for more home security, and especially this holiday season, where you know, having a few extra cameras or eyes outside can be important with packages and valuables coming in, then you want to head to Simply Safe today. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off in a new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com backslash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com backslash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And, you know, we've talked about enough about Gavin Williams. Soon, you and I probably have to sit down and just do some fun prospect discussions. Uh, you know, as I'm sitting there saying the top three for me are these three pitchers. We'll have to figure out how we want to break it down. But I think I think hearing from fans, uh, that is something we will talk about soon. And, again, I texted today with a, a member of uh, the Cleveland Guardians organization who's going to be on in December um, and we've had another commit as well, who is a, a, a prospect. So we're going to have a lot of fun interviews coming up during the holiday season as a gift for our listeners. But let's talk about a real gift for the Cleveland Indians right field this year. And I say it's a gift because, uh, listen, we saw a parade of not so great out there early on. And the outfield has been, as we all know, a problem area for years. Oscar Mercado uh, at 127 plate appearances. And then Richie Palacios at 112. 
uh, Nolan Freeman, at, Nolan Freeman, Nolan Jones at 86, Will Benson at 55. Like lots of at bats came from a lot of players. And Oscar Gonzalez had no business even being on this roster. Let's be honest. They protected 12 rookies, didn't protect him. He was eligible for the Rule 5 before two years ago. Like this would have been his second time being eligible. He was a minor league free agent who chose to stay when he could have just left. They couldn't do anything to prevent him. Uh, the fact he was still here, they were lucky. And, you know, he fits the approach. He is a, in the Ahmed Rosario, the, uh, you know, the low walk, mid strikeout, high contact approach. And he had a, you know, an utterly fantastic year. He opens next year as the right fielder for Cleveland. Steamer is bullish on him, but Steamer seemed to be bullish on everyone. So I'm not taking much from that. Uh, but your, you know, your final line on him, uh, 122 runs created plus. No, that's not. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy because like, even in his minor league career, um, he didn't really have numbers that good uh, for the most part, or if he did, it was in very short season. Uh, it was, it was fantastic performance for the 24 year old. Uh, we'd like to see more power, like to see maybe a little bit more of the walks. I'm curious how the league adjusts to him, but right now, Oscar Gonzalez starting right fielder for 2023, correct? Yeah, I guess as of right now, I mean, look, they chose to keep him over Nolan Jones. They decided that he wasn't the future out there. Uh, I mean, Will Brennan's still out there and even though he didn't really play a ton of right field when he came up, they didn't trust him in the postseason to play right field for, Whatever reason, uh, still not really sure I understand that one. Um, George Valera is still around. We'll get to him. But, yeah, I would say as of as of this moment, uh, you can probably put him in ink in right field unless there are some unexpected developments. Uh, I don't know. This is this, Oscar Gonzalez is a tough one for you and I because you and I both were not super high on him as a prospect uh, at any point. You know, I think we both were confident in our our guess that uh, our estimation that he was not going to be rostered before the Rule Five draft last year, and then he wasn't. So, um, and as you stated, he could have been taken by anybody in the Rule Five draft that never happened. One of the other twenty nine teams could have looked at what he did the last couple of years, the minors, and could have said, "Oh, this is a guy that we'd like. We can give." Like, I'm trying to think, there was an outfielder the Mets signed. Um, oh, one of who, my favorites, uh, Nick Plummer. Yeah, so he was a minor league free agent, and the Mets went out and gave him a major league deal because they liked him that much. Could have been the same for Oscar Gonzalez. Anybody could have been like, hey, we believe in this guy. We like this guy. We will give him a major league deal, a spot on our 40, and he could have signed with them. Uh, I know he talked to Cleveland before he hit free agency, and they had some sort of like talks in place or some sort of thing in place, but I have to believe that if some team was coming and saying, okay, well, you guys are offering me a minor league deal, this team's offering me a major league deal. I'm going to take that, which makes sense because at the time, Framil Reyes was ahead of him. And the only reason Oscar even got a chance was because Cleveland might've phantom IL Reyes due to his issues and Gonzalez continued to perform and give him the credit. I mean, he, he did make um, very noticeable swing changes. Like these are very, these are swing changes. You can see that they're on the field, you know, with his swing and um, getting some more separation from the hands and the hips and being able to, recognize or give himself time to hit breaking stuff, which he didn't have before, which has led to more power. Um, I don't know. He's just an interesting player. Like, yeah, the exit velocity is mostly good or is, is good at the high end. It's not so good on average. Um, a lot more speed than I ever thought he would have. You know, he's at the 99th, 80th percentile in sprint speed. Um, chase rate though, 1% whiff rate, 37%. Um, 
walk rate four percent. And I think one time I looked it up, if he had qualified for any sort of um, batting, any any data with the bats, he would have had the highest chase rate in baseball below Javi Baez. So that's the concern to me going forward. Like, did he have a great year last year? You know, exceed our expectations? Absolutely. But I, I... There's no one with his profile who has found consistent success. And the best example is Salvador Perez. And before you're like, hey, that's consistent success, go look at the data. He's got like five years where he's below average bat and like five years where he's above average. Luis Robert is the other player. And it's been up. Like that was the thing. I went to try to find who are his comps with that K rate, with that swing uh, miss rate. And they don't exist. So when people get mad at me, I understand. And I'm still saying, hey, send him out. Maybe he's another unicorn. This team is built on unicorns. Like, I would never build a team that way because I just don't have that implicit trust. But like Jose is a unicorn. Um, you know, Tristan McKenzie is a unicorn. Stephen Kwan is a unicorn. Like they are built on unusual talent. This is the mm-hmm. misfits. So maybe it works. Like I, at this point in time, you run them out there. But I think you also have plans in place, which is some of that depth, like a Will Brennan, like a George Valera. You know, uh, just in case uh, it turns out that he isn't a unicorn. And let's let's be honest, even if he falls back to earth, I think you found a great fourth outfielder. You know, he's got the arm for either spot. He can pinch run and run well for you. Gives you another platoon, like a legitimate maybe platoon bat, worst case. Uh, not to bury him, but I think there is they have he is he's a, a major leaguer now. I think he is a no doubt major league player now. Yeah. And your your points about Salvador Perez and and Luis Robert are those guys both provide. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Perez looks like defensively as he's aged. But those guys, that, I mean, Perez at one time was a Gold Glover, right? And Luis Robert is considered a, a quality defender in, in center field. Those two guys have, have provided, you know, defense for their teams. Oscar Gonzalez isn't out there for his defense. Now the arm's good. I I didn't think he was a good runner in the minors, but his speed's better than I ever gave him credit for. But that hasn't translated to you know, jump and routes and all that kind of stuff out there that you kind of read. And and to be fair, those are things you can improve on. Like those are things Mm -hmm. that um, are not like, those are, those are soft skills. You can learn those skills uh, and improve. So those are things I'm not, I'm not too worried about. And defensively, I think there's a chance he can improve even a little bit out there, but yeah, the other guys you mentioned with this offensive profile are also providing elite defense. That's all we're saying if you have a lower bar offensively um, and also those are up to middle talents, you know, as we see with Cleveland, as we see with other teams, they are willing to take the hit offensively in center field at catcher. If you are providing defense at a demanding position, right field, you're not settling for bad defense. Like you either hit or you don't. And Gonzalez hit last year. So they were willing to put up with the defense out there because he hit. Um, yeah. I'm with you. The question is going to be how, how does the league respond to his first 300 at bats? <sighs> the batted ball data is good for the most part. It's just a matter of how often he hits it. And why would you throw anything not... in the zone next year? If you're a pitcher, wouldn't you be putting everything like at the very like out of the zone? Yeah, I mean he's definitely a mistake hitter, right? Like when the, when somebody makes a mistake, he is absolutely yeah. going to burn you. 
Um, and he puts the ball in play. I, I will give him credit for this. This yeah. is probably something I missed. This is something we, we eventually should talk about is why we miss on certain prospects. And Gonzalez, I, I don't think it's ready to say we missed on him because he has 300 plate appearances. There is a long way to go before we can say he is a um, sustainable major leaguer. Yeah, Bobby Bradley had a good stretch in 2020 and 2021 as a first baseman too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is a mistake hitter and why would you throw him a strike and I, I just want to see how he how the league adjusts to him before we can say we miss. The thing I would only say is the two strike approach is probably the difference here. He has a good two strike approach, and that is something that doesn't really show up um, in data. You have to really watch that closely, and uh, that could be one of those minuscule things that that makes a difference as well. Yeah, and like in fairness to him, honestly, like when the Royals were like in the World Series, it says the exact same thing about Salvador Perez. So it can happen. It just I think that's what we're trying to say is like he he is the right fielder. You send him out there until he proves you otherwise. Um, he might work out. Just know the odds are against him. But right now he is the right fielder. And unless you can. Well, <laughs> uh, let's let's break some news here real quick. Um, a guy we were going to talk about, I've been wanting to talk about for, day, for days, Hunter Renfro is now a Los Angeles angel. So that was oh. one of the guys we, we, I was going to ask you if you thought there was any possibility of Cleveland finding an external option in right field. Man, and they love one of the guys, right now. The, well, it's the angels, you know, the angels are just desperate for any, any sense of uh, competency at this point. But I was going to ask you if Hunter Renfro is an option. Guess what? Hunter Renfro is Los Angeles angel. So no longer an option. We can cross him off the board. I am. Uh, I don't. I don't think Jason it was really going to happen. Elvis Pagero and Adams Adam Seminaris wasn't J- 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 oh, Jansen Junk. Uh, man, that's a didn't he is, is he always Jason Junk? He, junk came with uh in the a trade with the Yankees. That's it. Yeah, Junk was the guy that came over from the Yankees. I think for that's like wasn't he from somewhere else? Yeah. Um. Brewers getting junk is the only one in the top 30 for those who do such things. Uh, I'm not going to comment on the, the trade value model. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there. There you go. go. Breaking news on the podcast. Here we go. Uh, this happened a lot in the past, so uh, <laughs> that shouldn't be a surprise when things happen in the middle of the podcast. It does make the Angels interesting right now. Uh, we come back, I guess we'll talk about them. They might have an outfielder to trade because, uh, I mean, I guess Runfro, Runfro, Renfro is probably in left for them with uh, Ward and right and Trout and center. <laughs> right now, I love that Roster Resource has Urshila as a shortstop. Yeah, well, there I, you go. I so I, I, If they run Giovanni Urshila as their shortstop, that is going to be an issue. Uh, yeah, we'll come back and talk about maybe some more trade ideas for right field if things go sideways or if Cleveland does decide to make an upgrade. And we're also going to talk some prospects. Obviously, we're going to go a little long thanks to the breaking news. Sorry, uh, network. But uh, we'll be right back in a moment after another fantastic sponsor break. And those are from our good friends over at Bet Online. They did not have a, uh, a trade chart for Hunter Renfro. Uh, it was all free agents and who could sign where. My co-host, apparently former co-host, wants to come up to talk about this trade uh, and this ad read in general. But 
go to bet online today. I use them for news. You can use them for betting. You can go there to get scores. You can find odds. You can find out where players are likely to land, who is going to win, whether or not you're gambling, looking for information. Bet online is going to have you covered. They're going to have the important information to help you out. Uh, and they always have deals going on. There is always a deal over at Bet Online, who have been one of our Rushmore sponsors. Honestly, over the last two months, our most consistent sponsor. Uh, if it is your thing, go to Bet Online today. You won't find a better place. You're not going to find more uh, odds that are in your favor. Uh, anything that balances out, Bet Online is there. Check them out today. I cannot recommend them enough. One, for the kindness they've shown this show over the years as a sponsor, and two, for just a fun resource. Heck, I've listened to sporting events over on their website. Go check it out today. Those are our good friends over at Bet Online. They got you covered. Okay, so All pitchers in that trade, by the way, Jeff. All yes, pitchers. Three pitchers. Uh, and then with the Brewers and the way they develop and add things to pitchers, that would make me a little bit scared if I was uh, the Angels that someone would turn into something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny to go back into that because like they added Tyler Anderson like the first free agent to sign, I believe, traded for Gio Urshilla. Now they add Renfro. And it's like, when is uh, is Rendon going to be ready for the season? Like, is that part of what they're doing here? All of this is just, uh, okay, so my, my whole thing here is, I'm like, is there a world where you can bowl them over with pitching for Taylor Ward? <laughs> Have you looked at Taylor Ward's savant page anytime recently? Yeah, I know you were. You've been a big Taylor Ward guy for, yeah. for years. He does have an interesting savant page. He is, uh, you know, has been a sleeper for a while. He's twenty eight years old. Um, man, it's all it's all red except for the strikeout rate, which is middle of the pack, which is probably the only thing you're gonna. Uh, He's right handed. Yeah, you know he he fits a lot of things. He had let's see, he had twenty three home runs last year, which I believe would have been second on the team. And like you said, everything and his his strikeout percentage is is white. It's 48th percentile. It's not like it's dark blue. His outs above average is high. His chase rate is 93rd percentile. Like he's actually I mean, you look at the data. He's one of the best hitters in baseball a year ago. He has lots of control. He'd be expensive as all get out. He's only he's got five years of team control left. He's not a free agent. Maybe not five years, four years left. Uh, He's not eligible for free agency until after 2026. I know we said there's not a lot of trades to be had, uh, but with them adding Renfro right now, Dominic Fletcher is on their bench, who is another very Cleveland guardians or David Fletcher, I should say is on their bench. Um, But I'm still thinking Fletcher ends up at shortstop. Urshila is maybe a super utility role or he's at second base. Uh, Some people really like Ren Giffo. Uh, I I don't see a world where they're going to trade ward, but I'm just saying if I'm going to go all in for an outfielder, like I don't think Brian Reynolds is out there. I don't think those guys are out there. I don't know if Ward is, but that's the guy that I'm like, um, I'll trade you Plesak and Savali and a prospect um, or two and see how much trading them two pitchers to help that team might help move a needle. Yeah, I don't think Reynolds is, is out there for sure, especially not for Cleveland. I think there's other teams out there that are going to be harder after him, especially because of the center field value. Like, the Marlins for sure will continue to go hard after him. I, yeah, I mean, I, Taylor Taylor Ward is definitely interesting. I'm just trying to look at what the Angels would do. I feel like they need to do everything they can to win this year. Yeah. And you know they're gonna. I I I think they're gonna lose Shohei Otani. So yeah. 
I don't see why they wouldn't hang on to to Taylor Ward. There, I think I think I heard they were looking at moving. They were interested in talking about uh, Jared Walsh. So like, there's other guys they can probably free up spots for. Um, if I'm then, I'm I'm hanging on to. All, I mean, Joe Adele, if he doesn't, if he's a man without a home. I guess you do something for him. I, I really don't see Cleveland being interested in Joe no. Adele because Joe Adele is like their a guy they would have liked like seven years ago, and where they are at today, he is so he is uh, so not there. He, he would be like um, you know Nolan Jones, something like that. So no, he's below that even. I mean, the the data yeah. in the majors has been so poor. Uh, it's like you know who should like make a trade is. Um, the Reds and the Angels, they should trade Sinzel for Adele, and each one can tr- get the former top prospect. Uh, the A's could use more of an infielder type, which is probably where Sinzel might be better long term. The Reds could use anything like that's uh, the challenge trade. But let's listen. Uh, we already kind of covered Will Brennan. If things go wrong, I think he's the first man up in right field. George Valera, uh, you know, we've talked about his profile quite a bit, and then you know, he could be someone up. Uh, if they were to make a trade, you and I were discussing before the show, really the teams that stood out for us, because here's the thing. One, the outfield market is is a disaster right now. Brandon Nimmo is going to get $20 million plus a year because there's just not outfielders available in free agency. And a lot of teams have a huge need. So there's not – and like – in the American League, who is selling outside of Oakland right now? Like Detroit and Kansas City might be bad, but they seem to be in more of a trying to move forward mood move. There's not a lot of teams that are clear cut sellers. Uh, Colorado and Washington. Well, Colorado's not even. They signed Bryant. They might try to sign Cody Bellinger. Washington's terrible. Uh, there's not a lot of like teams that are just clear cut awful. So the teams that could have outfield depth, if Cleveland did decide to move forward with something, would be St. Louis, Arizona, and who was the third team? Um, I guess Oakland is probably the other yes. one. But that one's you know kind of TBD. We can get more into prospects if you want to start with external options. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I know you're going to say from St. Louis. I know who you're going to say. Yeah, I think well, St. Louis is they're they're loaded up to bear. Um, when you just look at that team in general with uh, with outfielders, because projected right now with Tyler O'Neill, um, Lars Newtbar, and Dylan Carlson. Nolan Gorman might end up being moved to the outfield. Um, Jordan Walker played some outfield in the AFL. They have uh, Alec Burleson, uh, I believe, played in the big leagues last year. It wasn't great data for a short one, but he's another interesting outfield guy. So th- the name to consider here is Tyler O'Neill. Um, I don't know what his cost would be. He is a two-year guy. He was one of the best outfielders in baseball in 2021. And the rest of the data around it's been meh. Now, this past year, he only played at 383 plate appearances, still had a 101 uh, weighted runs created plus, uh, kills left-handed pitching, but just dealt with injuries and still, you know, wasn't healthy at the end of the year, Um, played some left, played some center. He gives you a potential right-handed power bat who's a plus defender in a corner. So I have no idea what the cost is there. It's just impossible. It's one good year. And it's interesting, but I'm also like, eh, I, I, I'm hesitant, but I am intrigued. But it's either going to, you're either going to be super successful or it's going to blow up in your face. I guess I just wonder what, what <laughs> does if they trade 
Tyler O'Neill. Like, yeah, there's Alec Burleson, but he, you know, there's there's no guarantees there. I mean, he moved to the minors fast, but there's no well, guarantees there. Tommy Edmond back to the left field where he played um, quite often for them at various points over the last two years. And you could go yeah. after a shortstop in the free agent market. Yeah. And I think they, I think they want a shortstop. So um, you, you could do like a Med Rosario for Tyler O'Neill. That might actually be a trade that would occur. I don't know. I, I think that the St. St. Louis values defense a lot. So I, I don't know. They I read, they ran Tommy Edmond out there. He's not a strong uh, defender after they gave up. Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond finished with a, a, with a with very good numbers defensively. Yeah, the metrics mm-hmm. on him were positive. I think he was even a Gold Glove finalist at shortstop mm-hmm. in the National League. So he might yeah, even won. I can't remember. Uh, no, he was a great defender, and they can leave him there if they want to. And I, I think uh, St. Louis is one of those teams that values defensive and defensive metrics. So I think he's. I mean, he replaced Paul DeYoung because Paul DeYoung was you know bat first. So um, and no, he was uh, he was glove first. Well, see, okay. Well, his, yeah, his, young his bat decline, which to, wasn't surprised by. Yeah. Young couldn't have to save his life. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what St. Louis does if they move on from uh, Tyler O'Neill. I mean, they tried Jordan Walker in the outfield in the AFL, so maybe that's a spot for him because obviously Nolan Arenado is taking third base. So, and they're not trading. They're not trading Jordan Walker. So um, that may be, that may be the only thing they trade. They trade O'Neill to open up room for for Tyler uh, O'Neill or for Jordan Walker. That makes sense. Guy I liked was Juan Yepes, and I I, th- I forgot to bring him up when we talked about first base. Maybe because um, Yepes can play first, he can play the outfield, he can play third. Some of those positions, the defense wasn't uh, totally up to par, but you know he's an interesting bat. That's the guy I think St. Louis might look to deal if they are trying to open up at bats for anybody, because he's right now slated to be the DH and um, they have Burleson, they have Gorman, they have DeYoung, they have Jordan Walker. So I think there's a chance that they could move him for the right price. I don't know what it would cost, but he's got control. He's young and he's got great minor league data. Doesn't strike out. So he's a guy to me that fits Cleveland's um, fancies for what they like. Um, I, I shouldn't say he doesn't strike out, but he strikes out at a pretty, you know, okay rate, but the same as Oscar Gonzalez. So, that's St. Louis. Uh, we discussed Ramon Laureano of Oakland. Like Oakland's the last team that really has anything left to tear down before they start building back up. And Laureano had one good year, was suspended, came back after he was suspended, wasn't fantastic. And then he's more of a center fielder. I don't really see that as a, a cleared upgrade. And then I don't, I don't think Arizona makes sense either, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know we talked about them moving an outfield prospect, but the, the guys they have – I think you're just as good as, as rolling out Gonzalez or Brennan or Valera as you are training for Jake McCarthy. Like they're not trading Corbin Carroll. Let's be real here. We know we're not trading Cor- Corbin Carroll. Um, I don't think they're going to trade Dalton Varsho as much as I, I like Dar- Dalton Varsho. Like if they said, are, then you go all in on that. Oh yeah. Uh, you and I both agree. Cleveland doesn't need Alec Thomas because he's no better than what they have now. He's Miles like, Star right now. Yeah, and Jake McCarthy is is not better than Will Brennan, in my opinion. Uh, maybe you disagree, but uh, it's it's either the, he's a I younger brother. Actually, you know that's uh that's that's a, a point in his favor. He's a younger brother. Yeah, which means, uh, traditionally they're better. Uh, his uh, McCarthy, I'm not so much into. Uh, you want to his uh, he had great performance, but his savant data, he is the uh, the anti um, Taylor Ward. Yeah, like yeah, is- I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think the Angels are trading for Taylor Ward or trading Taylor Ward, but he would be 
yeah, an excellent like McCarthy fit. is all blue on everything, even though the stats were good. Yeah. I, like I think St. Louis, the one nice thing about if you could figure out if there was a trade to be made is that, you know, they do need some pitching help from Cleveland's depth and that's just general like relief help. And then some up the middle guys as well. Uh, I, if it's not Varsho, I'm not interested if they, and I don't think they're going to talk Varsho, but if they would talk Varsho, I'm all in all chips. I'm willing to go make a massive deal. Like I'd rather make a massive deal. I might be crazy for Dalton Varsho right now than Brian Reynolds, just in terms of control and flexibility. And again, Varsho can play center field and be great there. So it's not quite as uh, a need with Cleveland, but I mean, he, there's a chance you get a Varsho play. He played a few games of catcher still like that flexibility. Like I, I would be all in there, but I, I just don't think he is available. Nope, I agree. Uh, O'Neill, Yepes, and I guess that's about it, really. Externally, now that uh, Hunter Renfro's gone, who I was going to bring up, but um, it, it, that's what I said. I think at, right now, at this point in time, I just I rule with with Ogon. Yeah, see what happens with Gonzalez and Brennan. That's a nice tandem. Um, there's a bats for both of them to be had in the outfield. And then you, uh, you see what Valera, you know, pushes down the door for you in terms of 2023. And then, uh, yeah, you want to move on real quick to what's down below Valera. Yeah. Uh, so after Valera, it, it gets a little more sparse, um, in terms of the outfield depth, uh, at the corners, uh, Jonathan Rodriguez had a huge year. We've discussed him quite often. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Keith Law talked about him being the most likely player taken from Cleveland in the Rule 5. He did work in a front office, uh, but I don't know. I think Jorge Burgos is an interesting guy to maybe discuss. And then, honestly, in terms of the corners, uh, Chase DeLotter is you know maybe the high-ceiling player in system. Is there someone I'm leaving off? I mean, I guess we should bring up the John Kenzie Noel played a lot of outfield this year. Cleveland finally base only, but that's me. I, I, I mean, maybe he could work left or right. I mean, yeah, it's got an I, arm. I just don't trust it. Yeah. The, the arm is right field quality. Uh, I think it's, it's smart to Cleveland abandon the third base plan with him. It was not working out for him. You could break him in in the outfield and DH, but you're going to get below average defense. And I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, you think you, t- you talked about guy Lipscomb yesterday. And I think, um, probably a left field profile yeah, more for Joe him Lampy as well. I think is. Yeah. I mean, corners. yeah. Uh, well, Fredo Antunia has probably fought, you know, profiles more in right field. Lexley Planez, you know, is, has played more right field now. Um, I, I listen, I love the tools on Planez. I like that. Everyone he has, does. yeah. The guy is translated. So, yeah. He is so tooled up and it's just like, the approach is like Oscar Gonzalez, but like so much more aggressive. I mean, he at one point in like, I want to say June, he had like three walks all in, in Lake County. That was at three walks all season. So it's, uh, it's pretty bare for, in terms of uh, the plate discipline there. Yeah. It's, it's really just chased the lotter, just the lotter being a former pitcher, obviously has the arm for right field. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's all the physical tools. It's just, um, in the bad ball data was great. It was very limited sample. He didn't right. look really good as a junior and you're almost drafting him entirely based on the fact that, you know, a Cape. year ago at the Cape, he dominated against with a wooden bat against top competition uh, and seeing if that translates. 
I mean, I five think you're right. Potential, I, but right. I think you're race. right. It's it's the lauder. It's uh, maybe maybe you get. I mean, what are the odds of them getting another unicorn and and Planez like uh, or yeah. Gonzalez like they did or um, Jorge Rodriguez like they did Gonzalez. Yeah. I think it's Burgos, Delauder, and then you hope one of these twenty other 2023, 2022 picks are uh, are at Jose Gomez. We didn't bring him on the show yesterday. Another guy who had interesting numbers, but we don't take any numbers seriously from the DSL for the most part, except when they are Jason Chorio's numbers. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he could play right field, I guess. Yeah, I you know, uh, do you have anything on Bur- uh, Burgos just because uh, he's probably someone maybe the casual fan doesn't know as much about before we clean this one up for the evening? Yeah, Burgos is, is an interesting player. I feel like he's got a little – he does a little bit of everything well. He's got some pop in the bat, uh, makes good contact, has a good eye at the plate, uh, a little bit of speed. I think he'll grow into some power, decent frame. I think he really profiles mo- mostly as a fourth outfield type. I don't think a starter type, but – only 20 and in low A, and the numbers were, were not bad. They weren't, you know, eye-popping. But, uh, yeah, someone who's probably going to be a slow burn in the minors. And he's Rule 5 eligible next year, so I don't think there'll be any serious rising tides with him yet. So that's the potential. I think at the end of the day, to sum it up, uh, Gonzalez to start, Brendan to come in if it doesn't work out, and Valera waiting in the wings. Uh, Cleveland doesn't really need to trade for an outfielder. If I, I do think they need to add power somewhere. Uh, and I think from our whole discussion, I mean, we've already gone long thanks to the Renfro news. Listen, they need yeah. a right-handed bat. They need some power. But it seems like catcher or a first base slash DH or maybe a first base slash DH slash occasional right fielder uh, could be the plan. But uh, as of now, I don't know. It's the first time in a long time I can be like, Cleveland's outfield. Not bad. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it, 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 I don't think we need to get too complicated with it and you know i see a lot of people push for wholesale changes i think this team is going to be very similar when we start next year as to what we saw on the field at the end of this year um call me crazy but uh any Ooh, uh, closing oh go ahead uh yeah my closing thought is uh, i'm gonna put you on the spot predict cleveland starting right field or predict who gets the most bats uh in right field for cleveland this year will brennan yes i agree I think it ends up being might be, that might be some wish casting by me, but uh, I'll I, say Will Brennan. You know, here's the thing again Oscar Gonzalez has earned that shot. I just, I'm never going to bet on a unicorn. And that has been my standard on this show for the three years I've hosted it. And, you know, I, I was wrong about McKenzie. I was dead wrong about McKenzie. I did not give Quan enough belief. But that's also why I didn't believe in Bobby Bradley or, you know, why I was like, sometimes we need to cool the jets on a few other guys whose names pop up at points. Um, because of that belief. So it caused me to get some, some right, but uh, Gonzalez is the outfielder until he proves he can't be. And then Will Brennan's just sitting there. And I don't think Will Brennan's going to, I think Will Brennan's a safe choice to be at least like a two to three win player every year. I agree. Uh, Tomorrow's show is we're going to do solos the next two days uh, as we each do our own separate holiday things. Uh, Tomorrow's show, I'm going to do some fun with draft stuff for those who like the draft history. And, uh, you know, you get to wait to hear what Justin's is going to be. And then we'll come back together uh, for, or no, we will be back together next week then for a uh, regular set of shows. And then in the next two weeks, we'll have uh, our special guest. Want to thank everyone for listening, rate and review, subscribe on YouTube. We've already gone super long. So let's wrap this one up. Go, go guardians. Go.